top of the world to you today. We are beyond excited because, pardon? Super pumped. Oh, super pumped. That's, see, I'm sitting right beside I her and I cannot hear. So I don't whispering. know if that's my age or what it is, but <laughs> you are going to love today's program because it's with an incredible guest that we're going to be introducing shortly and an incredible, you know how there's just some things in life, the tangible piece, when you touch it, there's meaning to it. Just kind of, kind of like we do with horses every single day. Yeah. This book. And I love books, not from the computer, not from a, I don't even know what they're called. Brown your iPads or e-readers. This where you touch it and you can't wait to pick up the, the next chapter, the next line or the next paragraph. So it's so exciting. So you're going to hear all about it today. Good. I do see someone on. So that's good. I was like, are we not? Oh, is this not good working? Testing. Yeah, I got scared for a quick second. Okay. So before we get to our fantastic speaker today, we're going to go through our regular old rigmarole about good. how this is going to run. So this first one is the hashtag, holy, holy jumping jump tuna, tuna fish. fish. This of course is the beautiful carryism. That really means if something knocks your socks off, if it blows your mind, if you're like, wow, I want to hear more about that. That's the time to throw in hashtag holy jump and tuna fish or just even the little tuna fishies because they also amuse us. The then we know what you're like at the emojis. You're right. Good job. Yeah. Good job. Oh, thank you. Uh, the second hashtag we always like to talk to you guys about is that hashtag of we are life changers. And that, of course, is not just us. But every single one of you out there, I, do. I love having my interpreter. You're going to have to learn actual sign language. I really am. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's from Miranda. We'll have yeah. To talk to her. <laughs> yeah. So it really is. All of us have the opportunity in this world to change somebody's life for the better every single day that we live and breathe. And it really does always boil down to that good old thing called kindness. kindness. Yep. So always keep that in mind because we have the opportunity to change life every single day. Yes. Heidi, good to see you on my dear. She says, hi ladies. And then of course, share, share, share this out. Why? Because sharing is in fact, it's actually caring. It's caring. First time I said That's it right. quickly. She did. She's wanted to make this role, <laughs> but we want to share this out too. Cause this is a phenomenal book. A and B we want more people to know about this kind of stuff, to feel the feels to all the good things. Yes, yes. That's exactly it. We need to feel good in life, man, man or woman <laughs> peeps peeps. Humans, human beings. Okay. And of course, who is it that you are listening to right now? Um, my name is Carolyn Charles. I'm director of sales and marketing as well as an instructor and facilitator for the Equine Connection the Academy of Equine Assisted Learning Inc. Hi everyone. My name is Carrie Fulmick. I am the founder of the Equine Connection, globally helping people around the world do what it is that we do. And that's certifying humans in a job that is, I don't know, the most purposeful thing on earth, making a living book. We do it all with working with horses. We literally allow the horse to be a teacher to these outrageous objectively driven programs that get your clients results every single time they go through a program. Why? Because the programs are designed to have predictable outcomes, but it's because of the horses. And when you understand their culture, their language, the welfare of them comes first. Oh, 
it's the most magical thing you will ever experience. It's just beautiful. True that. And of course, uh, just before we continue on, if you are catching this on replay, make sure you say hi so we can come back and say hi to you as well, because we like to do that. We like to come back and say hello. And whoever is watching, please let us know who you are and where you're from. So, well, we've got uh, Courtney here today, but usually it's like we're talking to nobody. So we like <laughs> to hear things back from you people. So it makes us feel better. That's right. Yes. Okay. So without further ado, we want to introduce our lovely guest speaker today, who is Courtney Mom. I think I'm saying that right. Good. Here we go. Um, Courtney is the author of five books, including the groundbreaking publishing guide that Vanity Fair recently named one of the top 10 best books for writers before and after the book deal and the memoir, The Year of the Horses, chosen by the Today Show as the best read for mental health awareness. Kind of a, a big deal. Big guys. deal. Yeah. Big, big deal. Uh, she's a writing coach, executive director of the nonprofit learning collaborative, 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 <laughs> the cabins, and, and educator. Please don't, don't judge me, Courtney. I can, I promise. Courtney's mission is to help people hold on to the joy of art making in a culture obsessed with tuning artists, turning artists into brands. That's so true. Don't giggle. It's not going to help. I mean, it had more of a musical piece to it on that side of things. Uh, she's also the proud owner of a rescue racehorse named, help me, thank you. Ooh. That's a very, you said it way prettier than whatever it was going <laughs> to come out of my mouth right there. You can tell today it's going well. And you can sign up for her publishing tips, newsletter, and online masterclasses at CourtneyMom.com. Uh, the Year of the Horses, just before we get to Courtney as well, we just want to give you a little bit of a teaser on what that's all about so you have an idea of some of the stuff that we're talking about. At nearly 40 years of age, writer Courtney Mom has tried just about everything to cure her chronic insomnia and the depression that comes with it. As a last-ditch effort to save herself and her crumbling marriage, Courtney schedules a riding lesson even though she hasn't been near a horse in over 30 years. Heartfelt and uplifting, in addition to being the best memoir pick from Amazon, Vanity Fair, Good Morning America, and elsewhere, the Year of the Horses was chosen by the Today Show as a top read for Mental Health Awareness Month. Learn more about the memoir and other writings at CourtneyMom.com. And you know, Without this, yeah, let's, absolutely. There she is. There we are. And you know, beautiful Hello. Courtney, <laughs> she found us on TikTok and she messaged us to say, hey, can I send you a book? And we're like, well, okay. we'll, we'll think about it and we'll <laughs> in a few weeks. It's like, oh my goodness, look at the kindness. Oh. And even <laughs> offering us this incredible book, which is, again, it's just beautiful to touch, hold, and read and be a part of this lovely story. I love it. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for having me. And thank you, you know, most importantly, for everything you do for humans using horses, because we certainly need, um, I don't know, whatever a lot of people are trying, you know, in the world, whether it's retinol or meditation or whatever I, I we need a little bit more we need it's not working enough you know <laughs> we got, got some rough times especially in my country uh, america so you know I'm, I'm just this is speaking of connections like a really great connection for me so thank you for having me oh, oh that's amazing absolutely we're thrilled to have you and you know like we took you've got 
quite the reputation here for, <laughs> for your I'd, writing. I'd say, can I have your autograph? <laughs> I actually already do. Yeah. Oh, yay. <laughs> no. My terrible handwriting. More big deal about you. Yeah. Because <laughs> we know Courtney. That's exactly right. <laughs> so you've written quite a bit. You, this is your fifth, right? Fifth yeah. book. It's my fifth book, but my first memoir. Yeah. So what kind of brought about the, the memoir came now? Um. Well, let's see, two-part answer, I guess. First of all, you know, I think I finally reached an age where I had enough life experience to say something. I mean, there are some very young people that come out with memoirs and I'm, I'm not knocking them. Some of them are great, but, um, you know, this is a book about motherhood and matrimony struggles. Um, and it helps to be married for a while and have had a child <laughs> to write about those things. Um, and also, you know, one of the reasons it's my fifth book is that I've tr tried avoiding writing a memoir for a very long time. I'm not, you know, a huge fan of putting family secrets out there, hurting people's feelings, stirring up the manure, if you will, <laughs> right? I mean, I'm not, I'm not out there to hurt people, but I really did reach a point in my life where I thought, um, I think I have some things to say based on past experiences that could help other people. And that, that feels like a priority to me right now. So, you know, I went for it, but I went for it with some sensitivity. I, I showed the book to my whole family, to everyone who's in the book, um, almost a year out, which allowed me as an author to have time to um, make adjustments, you know, bring in some of their feedback or at least talk through things. So, um, yeah, it's not an easy or soft thing having a memoir out in the world, if you're going to do it right, you know, if you're going to be brave and courageous and real and honest, which is what I try to do in my work, whether it's fiction or nonfiction. Um, so yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to come out the gate with a memoir, nor was I ready. I don't know. I don't think I would have had very interesting things to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the process of, you know, being an author and the other bit books you've written, the process had to be quite a bit different because it's digging to a different place, I would imagine, when you're going to a memoir sort of side yeah. of things. I mean, this is a really interesting question. I don't, the writing part is not too terribly different. I mean, one, one, mm. in the beginning, it feels a little easier because in theory, you're not making anything up. Something that's quite hard, I think, in fiction. It depends on the kind of fiction you write. But, you know, I try to read, I try to write fiction that will be relatively widely read, which means it needs to have a plot. <laughs> and coming yeah. up with a plot that feels organic and not cheesy is is actually exceptionally hard now and mostly it's hard because you're making everything up so you can go in any direction you want right um you know if you imagine a jump course where you're not told which jumps you have to jump and it's just sort of left up to you that can be harder than someone telling you have to do this thing so at least with mem yeah exactly so at least with memoir you lived the experiences so you you know what the content is and the real challenge comes on structuring the content are you going to write it chronologically are you going to go back and forth in time all those things are craft questions you know that i knew how to deal with after publishing for quite a while it's it's the post it 
it's the post publication the publication and post publication stuff that's really hard with memoir that's harder than fiction because it is based on truth and a lot of the questions that you're going to be asked while you're doing the promotion for the book might involve other people who do not want you talking about them you know my family unfortunately um they're very private so if the writing and publication of the book wasn't hard enough for them <laughs> promotion <laughs> knowing that i'm out there doing interviews or it's being discussed on the today show that was doubly hard for them and i can assure you that as glitzy and exciting and as much of a privilege as it is to be sent on tour by your publisher it it doesn't feel super great to be doing an interview and knowing like you might get a nasty text about it yeah so, so that's hard you know that the that that thing you know putting put you people always oh you're so brave you're putting yourself out there but it's probably harder for my, I always say it's harder for my husband, it's harder for my family, because this isn't his profession. He didn't ask for me to write this. So, you know, we weathered it together and we weathered it as a, as a family. But I think that they will be very happy if I don't write another memoir for another four books. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, there's always that price for authenticity, oh, right? Like there's yes. a, there's a price that goes with truth. There's a price that goes yeah. with love too, there, but yeah. There really is. And to me, you're doing memoir right if the person who's coming off looking the worst is yourself, yeah. you know, and and because you got to me, a, mem a memoir is not just the author digging on all these other people. It, it, it should be an interrogation of how they were implicit in some of the bad things um, or, you know, what they see as negative or challenging things that happen. I'm not talking about, you know, sexual trauma or something like that, right? Where you're some, a, a violence was done upon you. I'm not talking about that. I'm mm -hmm. talking about you had a complicated family, complicated romantic relationships, more kind of metaphysical, psychological things. Um, but I remember asking my team, my publisher is um, Tin House and um, a great indie publisher here in, in the States. And I said, you know, am I not getting a legal review? A legal review is something that some publishers do for memoirs to make sure that there's no um, possibility of character defamation, oh. meaning making sure they're not going to get sued and yeah. i said you know am i not getting a legal review no one's contacted me about the legal review and they said uh oh well the only person who could sue us for defamation of character is yourself because you're quite hard on yourself in the book so unless you <laughs> intend to sue yourself i think we're good so don't and i thought I, i'm so proud that's great you know that's exactly <laughs> what i wanted <laughs> absolutely yeah. well that would be interesting a new thing in this world of yeah. uh so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's called accountability. I just sue myself when I. <laughs> exactly. No win, no lose. Maybe that's a good thing to bring in. I don't know. <laughs> so in all of this, you really did go back to your childhood passion of yeah. horses, right? And of course, you know how we love to talk about horses. Yes. <laughs> Having depression myself and knowing how much the horses did for me yeah i love hearing stories about how it did move other mm. people out of those dark spaces so what did the horses do oh well, like, thank you for sharing you know, yeah. wow. <laughs> give us it all they just smelled really good um, right well thank you for sharing that carolyn um 
you know, the first thing that they did for me that no one else was doing for me is that they didn't lie. Mm -hmm. And we know this. Um, I, at that point, so I've, I have chronic insomnia. I have struggled with insomnia since I was seven years old, but for whatever reason, when I was 37, it became totally unmanaged, like a fire that had engulfed my life. I could not sleep even with extremely strong medication. I just stopped sleeping. My daughter was two. My husband and I had made a movie together. We're touring around. My first book had come out. There were a lot of good things happening on the surface, but they maintained, they required an enormous amount of plate spinning to keep in motion. And my child, I think could could um, feel how stressed I was. And so she was crying all the time. It was just such a hard time. And I started, I tried to incorporate more exercise into my life, less alcohol, more alcohol, um, you know, all the things, acupuncture, new agey stuff, uh, traditional medicine stuff, uh, talk therapy. But I was finding, especially as someone who works professionally with words that in all of these places I could control the narrative. E even in talk therapy, I was like, this is just one side of the story, right? I can tell this guy anything I want. I can just, it's like a stand-up or something. Mm -hmm. He might choose not to believe me, but you know, it wasn't couples therapy. Um, and also my friends were, like I just felt so bad. I'd lost a lot of weight. I, I, I was such a wreck and nobody was stopping me and saying, you know, what's going on. So I thought that I was passing as a functioning human. But when I went back for that lesson, um, which I'd scheduled, I walked into, it was a barn I wasn't familiar with. So I'd never seen any of these horses. I didn't know anyone there. And pretty much without exception, every horse I passed, they were in their stalls because I think it was a cold time of the month or of the year. And without exception, every horse I passed pinned their ears, you know? Wow. Yeah. And some were like, would kind of head bob. And even though it had been three decades since I'd been around a horse, you know, you don't, you don't forget what, what that means. And, you know, I trust that your audience knows what that means, but just in case any of my people jump on here, um, pinning a horse, pinning their ears is, is, is a clear sign that they're, they're, they're uncomfortable enough. They want to flee. There's something that they're quite frightened of, of, of concerned about. And it was me, mm -hmm. you know, I was bringing this energy where they thought, I don't see anything, I don't hear anything, but why is she so stressed? And then it escalated, you know, I would get on these horses and I would be, um, a lot of them would bolt. You know, I got bolted, run away with quite often and it wasn't because they were bad horses, it was because I was clenching with my legs, my jaw, my shoulders were up to here, I, I would not breathe. And um, that to me was, what I needed actually was that instantaneous, totally pure feedback. Horses have no agenda, right? A friend of mine is going to think a couple of times before they say, hey, you look like SHIT or hey, you've lost a lot of weight. Like, the, especially women to women, there's, there's so much socialization, complicated stuff built into that. But horse doesn't, they don't have all that BS to go through, right? So they're just like, oh man, you're freaking me out. You've got dark unsafe. Energy. Unsafe. Right? Unsafe. unsafe. Yeah. Make me feel unsafe. I need yeah. to run away from her. And I, you know, even though that first lesson wasn't a triumph and the horses were telling me that something was wrong, I knew I needed them 
to keep mirroring that information so I could tell when I was getting better. And also I just wanted to be with them and I wanted to have positive experiences. I wanted to ride and not be bolted away with, right? So I had to get better. Whereas with the talk therapy, it's like, it was kind of the stakes for getting better in talk therapy. And I love talk therapy, big proponent, but still the stakes weren't the same. My, ther my therapist wasn't gonna throw me on the ground, right? I wasn't gonna get hurt by my therapist. Whereas a horse, if I didn't learn to breathe and lower my shoulders and stop clenching with my legs, I could get thrown, I could get killed, I could get paralyzed. The stakes were so high that I had to course correct instantaneously. Mm -hmm. And that was a level of therapy that I just wasn't getting anywhere. And I believe is truly unique in equine assisted learning. Mm -hmm. 100%. It's just like right in the moment, in that second right. of a millisecond, you have the ability to keep that horse safe by just making that adjustment yourself. In turn, learning it when you are away from the horse like that's why yes. it's so brilliant mm -hmm. it's just not in the arena it's oh totally and yeah the honesty part of it you can't you know like a therapist can talk to you and say well you know what do you think about that and you can come back with the answer that you think they want to hear yeah or that but you or the answer you want to give right yeah like oh, oh do you, you know when people go to see a doctor and they say okay well do you take any drugs no um what about alcohol and you're like Oh, a glass of wine now and then, you know, and meanwhile, you're like, oh, half a bottle a night, you know, whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah. You can, you so can a horse lie. No, you can't lie to a horse. No. And they no. don't lie to you. You know, no. it's a very, I mean, sometimes you want them to, <laughs> but they don't. Whether you want it or not. It's so true. I love that you mentioned in there about the dynamic of women too, because you're mm. you're right. Women have this dynamic that we're phenomenal, amazing creatures, but we do have this piece of supporting each other in a very like well, you look great today way rather than a wow, what happened to your face? You're like, really way, looking right? rough there, Charles. But, yeah. Right, you're <laughs> looking rough. Right, or someone's like, for you. Right, or someone's like, oh, I want to make um my future sister-in-law my maid of honor, and you're like. Oh, I love that for you. That's a great. <laughs> yeah. You know, we do, I think, tend to think of prioritize short term support over long term support in the form of truth, <laughs> mm. which I've stopped doing, frankly. I was never great at that, but <laughs> I just don't think it's serving anyone. So, no, it's 100% <laughs> true. But you did, I mean, you mentioned about the women and horses as well in your book and women and horses, maybe that's part of it because we interact so many different ways with other people, but with horses, there's that authenticity piece. But what is that? Like you hear it everywhere. Women and horses, they just go together, but why, what do you, what do you they, think that is? They do really, they because do. even in our certification yeah. uh, course and our global family, really 95% mm -hmm. of it is women and 5% and God bless them, men. Yeah. But there is mainly the 95% that is women. Gosh, I mean, every person's going to have different responses. I had a, a really interesting um, book event with another wonderful writer and writer, Sarah Maslin-Near, and we argued a little bit because she was like, I do think it's the Freudian thing. I do think that women 
you know, want to get on a big horse and have a horse between their legs, which is something I, I disagree with. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that has anything to do with it. I love Sarah. I love Sarah very, very much. Um, and of course, it was in a different context. But sure, there is the freedom element. I mean, it feels amazing, you know, to go galloping around. But first of all, I think it's hard for women, especially if they're mothers or caretakers, uh, you know, if they have dependents of any form, um, to have someone just listen to them without wanting something in return or just be there for them without wanting something in return. Uh, you know, even like you'll go out for dinner with a girlfriend and, you know, maybe you get your 15 minutes to tell your beef and then they get their 50. There is a little bit of quid pro quo where, you know, a horse, like, I'm not saying they, they're waiting for you to go talk to them or even ride them or whatever, but they will just be there for, you know, just the presence of their bodies. They'll just sort of sit and eat their grass and, you know, they're not saying, okay, I'll only be here for you if you're then going to give me a carrot. I don't know. It's just this, yeah. they're just sort of there and they're, they're not, no one's, the horses are not demanding anything in return. Um, no. And, and, and also I think, again, this is the female socialization thing. We have to talk so much. Mm -hmm. God, wow. there's so much talking in my life, especially my life, because I'm, you know, a professional writer. It's words, 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 words. And people need things from women and they need to hear things from women and they need us to print out forms that the kids have, whatever the hell it is. And the horses don't need words. I mean, you can use some words, but they need your breath. They need your relaxation. They need your presence. They need maybe you for paid a board. <laughs> so maybe they need some money, but uh, let's not be too naive. But I, I just, I, I mean, it's really one of the only relationships I have in my life with my horses that's slightly, I don't want to say even, because that's, that's not the right description, but it's fair and equal I guess and I don't know they don't need things from me <laughs> and no, I love that that's very cool to me right we have to take on so many roles you're you're yeah. you're not just you most of the time you're a mom or your wife or your right. or you're this or you're that when you go out with a horse you're just you they don't right. they couldn't care less what other role you have or if you're mm -hmm. the CEO if you're the janitor they don't care right and they don't they but don't point out your disappointments you know I mean if you no. if my <laughs> discipline is arena polo um you know if we're on the losing team like I'll feel bad about it the my teammates will feel bad about it the horses they don't they just want their hay you know um they just want their their grain and their warm little blankets right they, and you know, that's another thing in my life that I don't have if I'm going to publish a book well my agent and my publisher and my editor and my publicist they all have skin in the game you know they're not they're not going to say it's my fault if it doesn't do well but they'll be disappointed and and that's a psychological weight that stays with me other people's disappointments my daughter you know she wants to go to this ludicrous thing on Friday night that would have me in a cafeteria at like eight at night playing bingo and I don't want to, I'm not we're not going you know and that disappointment is going to reverberate through the entire weekend where I have her alone my husband's out of town and it's fine I'm not going to die from it but that's annoying right it is. whereas horses 
I don't know, maybe you bonk them in the head by accident with, I don't, who, I don't know. They, they're not holding grudges. No. no. And I they think that women and horses, that there's something to that too, the not holding of grudges. And so every time you're meeting, you're, you can more or less start fresh. And that's a total impossibility in the human world, regardless of your gender, professionally, with friends, um, online, you know, with cancel culture, you can't really start fresh. You know, there's just these digital footprints now of everything. And that's I, I, clearly I'm thinking through this as we're talking. That's the other thing. My horses don't follow me on social media. <laughs> <laughs> and yep. I love that for them. And I love that for myself because again, I can come to the proverbial table with them and we're just starting fresh. They're not like Oh, that was a really embarrassing video that you tried on reels yesterday, right? <laughs> it's just it, beautiful. It's, it's brilliant how they share and save that space for us. Like yeah. even listening piece, they're just they're just there. And what we definitely as women, we just need to be heard. And that's with or without words. It doesn't right. matter. Just being there does that. But uh, oh shoot, what was my profound thing that I was just going to say? I love when my brain works like this. At least a horse doesn't work like well, this. Well, you know, we're starting to think of horse. No, and then of course there's just, I mean, there's, there's they're magnificent. Is there a more beautiful creature? I, I mean, it's crazy that these 1200 pound animals will just let us pick their feet and braid their manes and like, you know, jump around. I mean, it's, it's nuts that for people who do ride the horses that they, they even tolerate that. It's really... Yeah. A miracle every day every chance i have to be around a horse i just think this is this is nuts because the silly fencing we put up they could jump over it when we're on yeah. the back they could toss us off sometimes yeah. they do they could bite us they could kick us they could kill us and most of the time they don't no. <laughs> and that, that's that just to me it's sort of like flying in an airplane which i will never ever take for granted i think it's totally bonkers that you can fly around in the sky and like have ginger ale yeah um, I, <laughs> mind blowing yeah and horses to me are are the same i just whenever i'm on one i'm like oh, look at that this is crazy look at that <laughs> well for being a prey animal that's why it's so exciting right. i mean what other prey animals let us let humans who are so confusing because we have intuitive and right. we have this brain which which is great, but at the same time, our brain kind of wrecks us. Yeah. Because we live more in this mm -hmm. space versus our intuitive space, which horses help us again to yeah. live in a moment. You're only truly living in a moment when you're in the presence of a horse because you have to, to be safe. So right. it makes you be present, right. which is the ultimate gift on this earth being in the presence of them because you're, you're getting a clean slate. You get a break yeah. from your brain. Totally. It's like a brainwash. When I like today, I, I can't make it to the barn and I feel it's like, I, I need that colonoscopy that like, it's like a lot, you know, to, that like to be born anew, it really is a religion for me. And when yeah. I don't get to go to the barn, I'm intolerable. Yeah. <laughs> And I loved in your book, you referred to the uh, heart mouth piece about the, uh, the heart with the five oh, yeah. times bigger. Even mm -hmm. the way you said it, that's exactly how we tell our people every single time they come in to work with the horses because we d their heart field 
is phenomenal and how far it can go just by being in the presence of them. So it makes yeah, logical. and I, you know, you alluded to this a bit earlier, but you, what I really enjoy is that, that this isn't something for me that's living in a vacuum, the skills, the kind of life skills that I've gained from horses, I've really been able to take back to my teaching work, especially. Um, I've started consulting with writers and published authors who, you know, need help with something. And um, sometimes it's accountability. Sometimes it'll be a problem on the page. But I really find that even if I'm not in the same room with them, the horses have sort of taught me how to hold energy and help manage other people's stress. Absolutely. I'm a pretty high wired person, but they've really helped me slow down, breathe slower, think a little bit more before I speak. Um, I wasn't like that before I went back to riding. I was, uh, would speak too quickly. I would talk over people and interrupt them all the time. I just had a real lack of sensitivity to the way my energy was shaping other people's energy in a room. And now I'm very, very cautious and careful and aware of, of that. And then other people's energy too. <laughs> right. Maybe there's some people. That have, have pin my ears. Yeah. Can I pin my ears? Yeah. 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 Maybe we should just start a trend of that. Anytime someone, no, yeah, no, no. Right. Yeah. I say no. Yeah, is it an emoji? Is it an emoji? I don't know. That would be a great it one. Should be. Pinned yeah. ear emojis. Yeah. Yeah, we've got a um, lovely Penny on here as well. Thank you for this, she says. And then Heidi, she says, I can so, I so oh, can relate <laughs> to everything you're saying. I'm not going to read anymore, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was something else in the book that I wanted to just touch on because I we thought it was very cool is you had a very specific definition of joy in Good the book. <laughs> what was it? <laughs> it's, I said specific. I didn't do the page number. <laughs> joy. I mean, what did I say? Joy, this girl thing, right? That it's not about the material piece. It's not about all the extras that we can gain in life. But oh God, yeah. I mean, joy. I mean, what a perfect time to talk about joy. You know, my daughter. Um, she still believes in Santa Claus. Um, and so, yes, <laughs> or at least she's pretending to, so she could get more gifts. But, <laughs> um, you know, so she's starting, she's making this list, right? But she actually, I think she knows she has every, like other years it was a lot more easy and it's, she would write these long lists, but now she really has, she has, she has everything, you know, she needs. And so I'm watching her kind of labor to find things and of course she's not at an age right where she's going to be like you know what mom i don't need anything <laughs> i'm just so happy you. to have a roof over my head and food on it. she's not going to say that so um but definitely this is a season when i think about what joy is and it it is i think it starts here right you have you have to be happy in your own body first if you're living with chronic pain that it's it's hard it's hard to be joyful if you have a chronic illness debilitating cancer you know you'll find ways to find joy but it's not it's not easy so if you're if you have your health right that's that's big if you have your mental health that's big and then after that you know you're if you're lucky enough 
to be able to surround yourself with people whose company you truly enjoy, that's pretty major. Yeah. You know, the, the basic kind of food, shelter, companionship piece is a little bit overlooked these days where we're all about this kind of thing and keeping up with the Joneses and yes. I don't know, driving whatever the new Tesla or Bronco is or what have you. Um, and we say that we take time around, you know, again, here where I live, Thanksgiving or, or Hanukkah, Christmas, whatever it is. But, but then, of course, because we live in a capitalist society, there's always these purchasing pieces built in. Mm -hmm. What's the size of your turkey? Oh, what are you going to ask for for Christmas? What did you get every day of Hanukkah? Right. Yeah. Which is fine. It's fine. But, you know, should it be how long did you linger at the holiday table? How long did you guys stay around and talk? Like, what if that was the metric, you know, instead of what did you get in your stocking? X. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Oh, Courtney, you're so one of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so lovely. Yeah. We should tell everybody about how they can get this too. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, the one, the one great thing that I have really enjoyed, my husband has also read this book. Oh, thank you. My, my husband is an avid reader and he can't, he can get through like a 400 page book in like a half a day. Like yeah. I, I don't get that. It takes me weeks, but that's okay. We have a different way of doing it. But I always love a book that not only when I see it on the coffee table, it kind of is like, oh, can't wait to pick it up. So that always excites me because then I always want to have my favorite drink to go along with it. But I love a book that gives me words that I have to look up. Oh, there's something <laughs> profound about what the heck is this new little fangled word that I don't recall hearing in my lifetime? And there has been a couple. Really? Yeah. Are they? Out Do you remember any of them? Down. Oh, I didn't well, mark I want them to know down. Now. But the one was really exciting. Well, maybe as I'm reading through, maybe you say it a couple times. I don't know, but it has been exciting because then you're also learning at the same time. Because I'm like, oh, I like the way that it's worded. Yeah. In well, I'm glad you said that about the educational piece, because that's something that I'm very big on in um, memoir specifically is, you know, you're not, however many pages this is, you're not just reading about like Courtney learning to ride. It's it's a um, larger historical exploration of the relationship between <clears throat> women and horses and then the patriarchy's attempt to tame both parties in in the past, you know, starting hundreds of years ago. Um, I look at, there's lots of historical tidbits, like the invention of the side saddle, which was invented to keep women's hymens intact so that they preserved their virginity when they were being brought across different countries, present, wow. you know, presented to their um, princes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Things like that. And then um, because in this book, I start, I learn how to play polo. There's... Um, you know, a lot of exploration into oh, how women were barred from the sport up until pretty recently, really. The USPA has made strides, but I think it was only 1976 that women's wow. polo was even recognized. Don't quote me on that, but I get it right in the book. I just can't remember the exact date, but it was really <laughs> recent. You know, you had Sunny Hale back in the day painting a mustache on her face with mascara and binding her breasts and um or her mother sorry not sunny and um it really wasn't that long ago and um 
and when women started playing polo, they had them play with little boater hats and um, like effectively ball gowns. And they were had to play side saddle, if you can imagine. I mean, this is... Doesn't even seem logistically. Well, no. I think, think of the poor horse's back, right? You have someone inside saddle who already is relegated to being on one side of the. I mean, it's just a show, if I can say so. Yes. But, um, yes. but so the yeah. book, you know, has a nice ratio, I think, but of course I'm biased of my story. And then we kind of zoom out and learn about other people's stories, everything from. <laughs> Delphina Blackier, Nacho Figueres's wife, her skincare routine and, <laughs> and how she rides bareback and like funny kind of Instagram influencer digs to, you know, the suffragette movement and what it had to do with horses and all, all kinds of things like that. So there's some uh, historical perspective in the book, I think, or I tried. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's no, amazing. It's, it's very, very, very nice. But, um, but for the, um, for people who are even mildly curious, there's a, if you go to the website, Bishop and Wild, so, oh, there we go, Bishop and then Wild, and Wild with an E. And um, if you select the hardcover edition, which is the one we've been holding up, it we're doing a 50% off sale all December. And 50% off doesn't happen all the time. Um, but, uh, yeah, I hope people will take advantage of it because I, and, and, and I love, you know, communicating with readers and just staying in touch with people, especially the ones who get the horse piece or don't get the horse piece is even better because I've had quite a few people write me and say, like, I think I'm going to schedule a riding lesson. I'm sort of intrigued or, you know, where can I do this equine assisted learning thing? And um, I think, um, well, I don't know. I'm really proud of that. <laughs> oh, I love That's amazing. That. Um, Courtney, how long is this uh, sale on for? all of december oh fantastic because i was just but you know while while supplies last i, I mean that's funny language but i oh, guess that is funny. like you know <laughs> go buy it because i mean I, I don't know when the hardcovers run out they won't reprint hardcovers because we have a paperback that exists which you can oh. also get the paperback is great um but you know hardcovers i think are make nice gifts and then i yeah. on the little image you shared i have my email and if people want um, you can write me, just show me the proof of purchase or whatever, and then we'll be in touch and I can send a personalized book plate for if you want to give it to someone as a gift. And what that what a book plate is, is it's like, you know, a large, attractive sticker. It's like a holiday, but neutral holiday sticker that you all write. I'll customize something on it and then your recipient can paste it into the book. And I'll also write them a holiday card. You know, we can put a whole package together if you'd like and did wow. it. the gift is for yourself. I'll send you a holiday card. You just have to use, you just have to contact me via that email you guys showed because okay. the Bishop and wild, the book comes under a separate cover. Um, they're on the other side of the country in Portland, Oregon, and I'm in Connecticut. So the book will come from one place. And then if you want the extra holiday pieces, That'll come from me. Yeah. <laughs> well, so if you are interested in that, just so we can make it a little bit easier on everyone, because I'm sure you didn't get a chance to write that down before, type Courtney into the comments, and then I will send you a copy of that oh, image. So it's an email address and the website and everywhere that you need to go to get the book. And we're going to be doing a Christmas giveaway, but of course, December is going to be the month of Christmas because yeah. we love the feeling. And yeah. Santa for yeah. Christmas. 
Hello, no. Santa. I still believe we, in Santa. <laughs> we will totally always keep bringing uh, your book in as well every oh, time. Because we're going to be going live every day as well. And that will just be for the added bonus of all who are joining that they can get this 50% off. But people, I want you to understand, this is no stocking stuffer. <laughs> this is an actual, so this nice. is the Good gift. Job. This is the gift that, you know, gifts as you were just talking about, all the dust collectors and all the yeah. stuff we have. like. So much stuff is so much stuff. Again, I, it's so useless in so many ways. Where sitting down and those memories and and connection. This is life. This is a connection piece. That's why this is a special gift because it doesn't have to be a thousand dollars. Like I don't even know what but the price worth, is, but right? it, it's what you feel in that connection, and that's what we need to keep bringing back into our society. Is connection not, not well, connection totally thank you for saying that and then also honesty you know it's it's we're lucky I, I, it's weird to associate the term lucky with the pandemic but as someone who struggled with mental health I'm actually so relieved to see that the pandemic really is helping to normalize just admitting that we're not doing well or saying like actually I'm struggling with my mental health that has you, I remember when I I like came out as a depressed person, you know, in whatever it was, but that's how it felt like. Like yeah. I remember crying. Yeah. I went on a walk with a dear friend and I cried. I just felt such shame and mm. she cried too. And she, she, I think felt ashamed to hear it or shame. She hadn't seen it or whatever the hell it was. And, but now it's very frequent that I'm in conversations with people and they say, I'm really struggling with my mental, or, you know, they'll talk openly about therapy. And um, I think that that is really great. And so something else I would hope that could come from my book is that people read it, whether their parents are single or, you know, whatever it is um, that they think, Oh gosh, I never, I never thought I could admit that motherhood is, not exactly what I pictured or it's not bringing me joy every day. And, oh, it's really nice to hear someone else admit this or gosh, Great. I thought I was the only one who Rest. had panic around. Yeah. <laughs> had, yeah, sure. it's so magical. No, it's not. It's not. It hurts. Especially <laughs> if you're a writer, they become a little bit of a thing. But men, I've actually been surprised. I mean, I, I thought, God, I don't know if any men will read this book, especially, you know, there's a horse on the cover. There's a horse in the title. Like, really shooting myself in the foot sales wise but I've been astonished like quite a few men and older men too not just kind of young hip you mm -hmm. know gen z men older men have, have just really I don't know they they they've been very um moving in their comments to me I had one really nice interaction at a when I was on book tour with a pro golfer this was in Tennessee. And this pro golfer came up and he said, you know, I don't give a hoot about horses, but I, I'm a pro golfer. And my, when my passion became my career and how I make money, um, it took all the passion out of it for mm -hmm. me. And reading your book, where in the book I'm making the similar, similar argument that when my passion of writing became the way I made my money, it started to toxify my relationship to my art a little bit whereas right um riding with an r 
no one's going to pay me to do it. I'm not going to become a professional. I'm nowhere near good enough. And so it's just a joy, right? It's just a simple mm. amateur pleasure. And he said, you know, reading your book really inspired me to go back to BMX biking, which was something I love to do, but I was kind of terrible at. And I'm so excited to go home now and be oh. terrible at it again. Oh. You know? and I, thought, God, I love it. I love the celebration of amateur hour. You know, it's just really because we're in such a culture of professionalization. And, you know, if you're going to do TikTok videos, they have to be great and well lit. And you're, if you're going to have skin on skin, your face needs to look great. Otherwise, don't show, you know, everything has to be perfect, perfect. and branded and professionalized. And if you're going to be a hot mess, you need to be the hottest <laughs> mess. And uh, how exhausting <laughs> is that? You can't even be a mess anymore. You have to be a hot mess. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's something else. I, I hope there's a battle cry for, just total amateurism and mm. averageness. Yeah, <laughs> everyone should just go bowling. And you have a great hobby, like just the return of hobbies that you know you don't need to start a YouTube channel for. Just exactly. to be present, enjoy them. Right? So true. Yeah, okay. I love that. Well, this, this weird bit. light. I have. Yeah, no. Can like you see this? Yeah, yeah I have angelic. Because, yes, it was so lovely that we it's like a barcode. Wait, hold on. Oh, I know you have to Go <laughs> get going yes. to pick up the child from to school. Pick up child, but, but oh um, this was so lovely to be. Oh, to I'd be. love to come back anytime. This has been. Yes. I love Canadians. Them. Some of my dearest friends. My literary agent is Canadian. Ooh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, but what part of Canada are they from? Because that makes a difference. Well, that's true. <laughs> Um, um, no, I'm only teasing. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, love Canada, and I love everything you're doing. And it was really generous of you to to host me, and I'm really grateful for this opportunity to connect with your audience. And I, you know, I wish you a very, very happy December. And um, here's hoping that 2024 we can bring even more people to you know, the healing potential of working with, with horses. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, and I'll leave you, but I brought this picture. This is Abuelita with my Aww. daughter Aww. in a frame, in a frame she made. <laughs> that's supposed, that's her rendition of Abuelita. I love that. Thank you. Well, we will leave this up and then as people come on as well in the future and are looking for more information, we'll make sure to share it out. Um, your website is courtneymom.com and then we'll throw this up one more time for anybody who wants to see it real quick. Uh, as you can go to Bishop and Wild, Wild with a D. With and a they're D. an independent bookseller, which is always nice because Jeff nice. Bezos doesn't need any more money. So you yeah. can you can give it to these folks. I exactly. Oh, that makes me so happy. Those yes. are the things that make us happy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this this these people, they're working out of like a little tiny shop in Portland, Oregon, you know, trying hourly wage. Jeff Bezos makes a million over a million dollars an hour. So yeah. Absolutely. And we'll promote the heck out of you for you. today until the end of December. Yes. And thank you everyone for being here either right now live or hopefully later. And, uh, you know, really, this is great to spend this hour together. Thank you and be Bye. well. Thank you, thank Bye. you so you much. Happy too. and healthy holidays. You, <laughs> well. Bye. Christmas. Bye.
All right, everybody. So that is it for today. Stay tuned, though. We do have some big, exciting stuff coming up next what? week. That big. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that exciting. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> freaking fantastic and what we're doing. It's coming up on Monday. Yeah, like you got to be ready. You want to be on the this Facebook page every day because you're going to win. Winner winners are everywhere. And we'll be putting up some posts as to how that's going to work pretty quick. So make sure that you are tuning in to check that stuff out because you're going to see a lot of us over the next hmm, 12 days. Intriguing, I think so. <laughs> all right, everybody have a great, well, not even week. We'll see you all on Monday. Talk okay. See you soon. We'll see you later. <laughs> Bye.